0: To down miffed to dunk. Yeah. Um, miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. that's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real It's a real one. I don't yeah. use it, but it's <laughs> not real. in your vocabulary? Down to dunk. Yes. <laughs> this is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Right. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk, I'm your host Andrew Schleicher for part of DailyThunder.com We're also part of Dash Radio, featured at 5 o'clock Central Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday So if you're listening to Dash, welcome to our show, we talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder With me today to do that is Michele Barra. Michele, how's it going? Well, um, I was about to curse like for all the
1: episode about uh, the known the stagnant dolphins and stuff like that, but <clears throat> at least I had a
0: few hours of sleep, so i'm I'm more calm now, so we can discuss it more lightly you should we should always sleep before a podcast that's probably a pretty good rule it can, yeah <laughs> it could be some hot takes, although Luke brought hot takes on Friday with it with sleeping several times um, so the thunder they are I can read off some of their kind of basic stats are 23rd in offensive efficiency at one third in defense at 100.3 10th in net rating. Something that, and I don't, you can either take this as, wow, this is bad or huh? Like this is not going to be this bad for the whole season is that they're 27th in true shooting percentage at 53.4. There's only three teams worse than them. The Suns, the Kings and the bulls. And wow. The, and the Lakers are just like are barely ahead of the thunder. So the Thunder are in the middle of this like gross pack of teams when it comes to true shooting percentage. and you know you have basically, you have basically one good three-point shooter on the team right now, and that's Paul George who's shooting 40 percent. Everyone else is 36 percent or worse. and at some point, I feel like that's going to have to correct itself. I mean, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts when you hear about their about their shooting? Well, I mean, some of the shots they are taking are bad shots.
1: We all know that. Mm-hmm. But still, the best three players on the team are known to be good mid-range shooters, or at least passable mid-range shooters. Yeah. Uh, this this is this has not been the case. So they 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 are all below their like career uh, percentage from there, and also the three-point range is not is not going. As expected, Russ is probably the one who's in average uh, for what we've seen the last few seasons, because it's a 34% mm-hmm. from three. So it's roughly what we expected. But the rest of the team is struggling a lot, especially the role players. Because if you if you tell me, well, Carmelo will shoot 36, uh, George we should will shoot above 40. This is basically what I expect mm-hmm. from three-point range. The rest of the team has struggled a lot especially uh, Abrinas, especially Patterson. Grant is shooting, like the shooting of Grant wasn't real last season. Um, we, we said it many times. And so in some sense, I didn't expect the shooting to be as bad because I thought that the, the spacing that George and, and Melo provides um, like, can allow better percentage, especially uh, on trees. Uh, but again, I mean, I expect those percentages to go up. Uh, I'm not sure how much, especially if they keep shooting, um, taking those contested mid-range jumpers or contested three from the dribble. Uh, but for sure, this is not the offense that we will see in a, in a few months because we have we are starting to see something different. We're starting to see more post touches to Steven Adams, uh, yeah. even if they, they 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 happens mostly on the first quarter or mostly in the first half. They, we we will see more spot up shooting from Melo, and we have seen it in the last few weeks. And so <clears throat> I think that they just have they just have to survive this to to trust what what they are trying to build. And in a few weeks, I. I'm, I'm more confident now that this will be just a memory, distant memory. Uh, the ratings will probably, uh, it probably will take time uh, to have better ratings overall, mm-hmm. uh, but we can see game to game that this will actually improve.
0: Yeah, to your point on the mid-range shooting being bad, Russell Westbrook from 10 to 16 feet is shooting 23%, yeah. and then Russ from 3 to 10 feet, 13%. Yeah, and Paul George thirty percent from ten to sixteen and twenty four percent from three to ten. Like they're both just abysmal. Mm -mm. And it's funny is that Russ is shooting better on threes than he is on his mid range jump shots this season. Yeah, yeah. so it's crazy.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is. And um, again, I I expect that to. To improve, uh, the three point shooting of us actually improved already,
0: uh, from yeah. the beginning of the season. It wasn't hard, uh, but uh,
1: right. it, it improved.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, our corner shooters are just not producing at all. Like Patrick Patterson, yeah. 35% from the corner. And you think, like, oh, 35% is pretty good. 35% no, from no. the corner is awful. I mean, yes, that's an awful percentage. Um, they are, there's only two guys shooting above 40% one's Ray Felton, the other's Paul George. I mean, yep. that's just unacceptable. I'd like to thank Andy's Frozen Custard for sponsoring today's show. Uh, I went to Andy's last night, and it was absolutely delicious. They make their frozen custard fresh every hour on the hour. You can watch it being made through the window. It took my kids and my wife and my in-laws to go get some Andy's last night. Uh, it was great. We got one of their holiday specials, which is the candy cane concrete, and it was awesome. So good. They just have crushed up candy cane in their vanilla frozen custard. It's absolutely delicious. So you got to go get one of those. Uh, you can still get the pumpkin pie concrete, which is so, I mean, it's, it's really good. If you're still, still, uh, have a hankering for some, some pumpkin pie, uh, this is a good way to go. So go check out Andy's frozen custard locations in Oklahoma city, Edmond, Dallas, all over Missouri. If there's one near you, go check him out check out Andy's frozen custard so fresh so delicious please support the people that support down to dunk and eat Andy's frozen custard and also
1: about Ray, Ray Feldon i mean he he has shown to be a decent shooter from outside mm-hmm. i really want i i i don't want to see those like uh, 1 feet inside the three point line from the three ball shots that he always takes <laughs> he they, they are going in they are going in yes but if you're if you're willing to shoot that shot and i i would i would say that that this is not the best shot that you can take, at least take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> at least take a step back. Because, I mean, he's shooting okay from three, like 35-ish. Uh, it, it counts. I mean, everything counts. So if you want to take the shot, fine. I mean, I don't agree, but fine. But at least take a step back. It, it's just like uh, in uh, European measurements, it's like 20 centimeters maybe, so less than a foot. And so it's it's really it, it makes difference. So
0: I hope that at least that will change for Ray yeah yeah i i agree and he's been pretty good as a spot-up shooter and you like to see him be that a little bit more but uh he he is learning from uh his cohorts and that he's just isolating and he loves it yeah (laughs) um okay so the thunder this past week we can kind of go over some of the games that they played uh so they they just got stomped by orlando (laughs) Wednesday and I was a little bit hopeful just because like man like this that Dallas game was really bad this Orlando game can't be that bad Uh, it was real bad I mean they were awful you know to the tune of letting Aaron Gordon go off for 40 points which Aaron Gordon's good like the dude has improved he's much better than he was last year Uh, but the Thunder sure made him look like an MVP candidate (laughs) that night yeah they did It was it was really terrible, Uh, but then they seemed like they turned it around against Minnesota. Like they played a solid game. Uh, They had it got close down the stretch, which I think might not be the worst thing for this team because you just want them to be able to win those close games when they get into that Mm -hmm. spot. Uh, And I felt like they executed very well in the last few possessions. Uh, They got to the free throw line. I thought they had some nice offensive actions where they had some good player movement to get Russell Westbrook to the rim. I thought that was a really really positive game. The ball movement, player movement which Billy's been talking about all season that we haven't seen all season, I thought it manifested itself during that game. Um and then they beat San Antonio. So, um if you asked me after the Orlando game if they were going to beat Minnesota and San Antonio, I said nope, no way. Um, <laughs> but San Antonio, they I mean they played the the Austin Spurs basically yes. last night. Um but still, I mean, I think, I think there can be. I'm going to talk encouraging things. You can tell me some discouraging things about that win. Okay, I really think that this team is turning a corner. And last night, it's hard. It's hard to see that because they've missed so many shots. But I thought they got a lot of good shots in the second half that just did not fall. And they didn't score for a long time. And I didn't think it was because they were running bad offense. I thought it was just because they were just missing. Um, and Paul George was awful. I think he shot 12% last night. Uh, it's hard for this team to to win when Paul George shoots 12%. Um, and they did that. Uh, they go, they're going to Steven Adams. I think the most encouraging thing over the past two games to me is that Paul George and Steven Adams have really started to connect And that they have some chemistry now. Um, And I think that that's massive for this team. And I was a little skeptical about Carmelo on Friday night because he was sick. Uh, I just Mm -hmm. thought, you know, he's sick and feel good. He's not wanting to, you know, do quite as much. Um, But he even said as much after the game that he is, you know, willing to take a backseat and he's willing, you know, to take less shots and to, Whatever the, whatever this team needs from me, that's what he's going to do. And I think that paired with the Paul George and Steven Adams chemistry are massive for this team. And had this team just shot a normal percentage on threes and from the free throw line, that would have been a blowout. Uh, oh, yeah. They just missed a lot of gimmies. Uh, way too many. And I think that for the most part, those things are going to correct themselves. So I was very encouraged by that win last night, even though it looked really bad aesthetically because they're missing everything. You know, Russ almost gives the game away with that stupid, I don't know what he's, I mean, I don't know what he's like, well, just get fouled. What are you doing? Like, why are you trying to throw the ball? Um, he turns the ball over, you know, davis Burstens almost ties the game up, uh, at one point, then Brandon Paul again, right there at the end, and luckily he just missed because, I mean, he's just not that great. But, I mean, had that been, like, Kawhi or LaMarcus oh, yeah. Aldridge or somebody, um, I mean, that would have been – that that it was a wide-open three. It should have gone down. So the Thunder are lucky in some ways last night, which the Thunder haven't had luck on their side. But I also feel like the process – by which they got the win i i didn't hate it i don't know there's a lot of people that are kind of mad and think this team still really sucks after last night but i just looked at it and thought i i think that they they're doing things that show me that they're turning a corner and that they're ready to maybe even go on a run here
1: yeah so before going to my uh my rant about why I think last ga- last night was a bad game. Um, I w- I would add to what you say um, about Robertson. I mean Robertson yesterday on offense in the first half was really good. I mean uh, it, there's no other way to put it. Uh, he, he was cutting. He was rebounding. Uh, he was moving. He even passed uh, after a cut, which is something that we always preached about uh, both Adams and Robertson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are. They can get the position. The, the thing that they have to learn to do is to, to make a pass, not just finish. And both yesterday did that uh, several times, and as well in the um, and also in the Minnesota game. So those things to me are the most important. And I mean, in the national narrative, um, Robertson now can stay on the court just if he if he has something to guard. Uh, I think that does, that is okay uh, to, to think. But if he plays like that, I really don't mind. Yeah uh, I hope I hope to have him there uh, with less uh, with more shooting uh, around him because I think it makes things easy uh, for him but uh, I mean yesterday was something very very encouraging from him especially in the first few minutes mm-hmm. um okay uh, the bad thing to me is that right now is the I think the fifth or seventh or or sixth game in a row where in the third quarter somewhere around the 6 minute mark Russ completely goes off like Played no defense at all. Um, uh, he forces shot on the offensive end, uh, like early threes, uh, John Am tweeted about that uh, during the Minnesota game uh, last night. Was a, a bunch of um, mid-range shot after the two mellow, the two mid-range jumper that Mellow actually hit in that moment. The, the, the offense completely stopped working. The flow is destroyed. Uh, everyone reverts to their habits. Um, Donovan has to sub him out. Felton goes there like maybe a bit sooner than, than what. Um, what is uh, what was the the regular plan mm-hmm. and things completely go south so i really don't understand that and it, it it happened like regularly around that mark for the last five games and there's no reason like no apparent reason for that to happen and it's in complete constant, uh, contrast um, with respect to all the good things that we said so i'm i'm really uh, i'm really confused about that um there's no way to to explain it to me other than that like he's just playing bad basketball and he doesn't yeah. know that, that those things are not good shots for the team, not good shots for him, uh, especially in this cor- current uh, like um, offensive lump uh, that he's exper- experiencing. Uh, he's going like against three defenders, which are not great defenders, but if you have three bodies and you go at the rim without any motion, that, that is not going to work. And so it's it's really it's really bad for me to see russ uh, playing like that in the in the third quarter because that is the moment of the game where great teams take advantage Mm-hmm. Like the Warriors do that, uh, the the Rockets probably do the same. Uh, Boston is one of the best team uh, in the third quarter because it's the time for you to set. The, I mean, the first half you set the tone. In the third one, you go to kill the, the opponent. And Oklahoma City Thunder instead, uh, all all the time, like with with, with those kind of mid range action, uh, they they actually let the opponent go back in the game almost all the time. So that is something that actually worries me a lot.
0: Yeah, they've they've had great first halves, really great first quarters in general. Um, but yeah, the third quarter has been <laughs> brutal for them, and you've highlighted some reasons as to why. And I guess the thing about it is that those are fixable things. I think that those are things over time that can be fixed. And when I say over time, I think it will take some time for them mm-hmm. to fix those things. Um, when they really could be corrected in, in a game <laughs> because you're right yeah. like they're just things just, like, just don't do it ah, just stop <laughs> stop doing it play defense and stop doing that you know let's let's try to get Paul George going let's let's see what we can do. Um, let's get the ball back to Steven Adams. that's yes, one thing is that, that they that. they go to Adams early and he almost always makes like one of those um, you know mid paint floaters um, yes. at the beginning of every single game. And then, like as the game goes along, we see less and less Stephen Adams, unless it's like a they get deep penetration and they're able to dump it off to him. And uh, but they don't go to him, you know, as the game goes along, which is interesting because I mean Adams is on his way to having his first thirty point game here, you know. Oh yeah, at some point, if they will keep going to him because it seems pretty clear that one way that they're correcting some of the offensive problems is that they are you know, less shots for Mello and more shots for Steven Adams. At least that's what it's been the past couple games. And I don't, I don't know if that will continue or not. You know, they play Utah, um, on Tuesday and then Brooklyn Thursday and then Saturday they get Memphis. And so it'll be interesting. He'll, I mean, Adams at least against Memphis will have a completely different role than he did last night. Um, but it it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep going to him because he is a much improved offensive player. Oh yes. And he's a guy that you can go to as your third score, you know, and if Mello is basically like a some kind of release valve on the offensive end and can spot up, uh I mean that's like ideal. I mean they've really set up like the ideal scenario and I know it didn't play out that way last night, uh but it could have. I think you know 8 out of 10 games that's a blowout instead of a you know a three point game at the end i think that yep. most of the time they blow that team out um but for whatever reason last night they weren't hitting shots but they i feel like they've laid they've laid out the blueprint to how they can be a really great team and uh, that the hierarchy is Russ Paul George Adams and then Mello's you know your fourth guy basically um at, and I don't know. I mean Melo acted like he was very much okay with that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh as long as they keep winning, I think he will. Yeah, think he and you know what? I think they will. I think that, I think that they can, yes. if they continue to do this and if they clean up some of the sloppiness in the third quarter uh and just some bad turnovers in the second half. If they yes. can if they can oh, yes. clean up those bad turnovers and be more crisp, but I think they will as they continue to learn how to play together. A lot of those bad turnovers go away as you learn to play together. Uh, I I think that I just think that they're on their way. I think that they're discovering something, um, which I think is very encouraging. And they have, I mean, they got a soft schedule, you know, coming up. Yes, um, and this is a good this is a good time to really try to figure it out and you know stomp on some of these teams. You know, basically, they don't play like a super great quality opponent. Um, until christmas you know they get philly who's good um you know they get utah a few times in denver but they're having injury issues and you don't really know what those teams will look like Uh, but beyond that like houston's coming up on the 25th on christmas day and those are you know this is the first time they'll play that team and i feel like they have some time to kind of Get it together and get ready to play that team, and you know have a chance to beat them on Christmas. So I think I think this is a really interesting stretch for for the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, as you
1: said, uh, one one key thing about uh, Adams being more active is that the, sooner or later they will not let him go in single coverage. Right. So this is something that will happen if Stephen Adams, and something that I really like about this uh, going to Stephen Adams deep in the post is that right now they're all um, guarding him with just one player, mm-hmm. which is sort of fine. When Robertson is there, probably they will. If, if he's not cutting actively, they will uh, take Robertson man and put him onto Adams as well. But as soon as you have Robertson screening for George and Adams in the post you have to make a choice and the choice probably will be let's take melo's men and and uh, and double team adams in the post and in that moment as soon as that happens steven adams will have a lot of Chances to pass to Melo mm-hmm. in the corner, and those shots. I mean, the, the now Melo is taking less shot than, than before, um, and I think that as soon as, as I said, as soon as the um, his man will go to double team Adams, or uh, the rotation of the decent defense will give you more space, Adams can turn those shooting touches into pass touches for Melo because a pass from the post is highly efficient, and so that is something that I think with Adams more involved in the offense uh, will be there. Um, Uh, more for this team and yeah you're right I mean uh, as soon as you go to your uh, like as soon as you add one option uh, I think that your offense becomes like unpredictable and so this is something that we didn't have uh, in the first part of the season where it was basically like Russ, Melo and and George and Adams was just like some offensive rebound force that takes advantage of the uh, broken plays but now like he showed you that he can be an option, like a reliable option out there against good defenders. I mean, against like okay defenders at least. Mm -hmm. And so I really think that this is an interesting development as much as the one that Robertson is doing that we already discussed about cutting and passing the ball.
0: Yeah. And some people be like, Oh, well, Steven Adams is only just dunked in the ball and just like, no, like Steven took some tough shots last night and made some incredible kind of I mean, just mid paint floater shots where he, I mean, he, he he's got some real skill and he's got some real potential to be, he's not going to be a 20 and 10 guy, but he could be 15 and 10, you know, by season's end if they keep using him like this. Um, like I said, I feel like he's on his way to having, you know, 30 point games here and there. And he, you know, he got really close to it the other night against Minnesota. And then, you know, last night I felt like he could have, he could have easily had that had they kept going to him. Uh, but he's, he's got some big nights ahead of him. And so many people, uh, local radio, people, you know, calling in, tweeting it, like complaining about Steven Adams' contract. It's like, well, this is what Sam Presti saw. And, yeah, a lot of, we didn't see it last season a lot. There wasn't the space. They didn't, they didn't, weren't able to go to him like this. Um, But this is the kind of player that they saw. He has a, Two way potential. I think he has the potential to be one like a top five two way big man, um, and a guy that can stay on the floor against teams like Houston, Golden State, um, you know Boston teams like that where they can you know really um, you know buckle down on defense with him out there. So I just I don't know. I think people have, are finally kind of seeing the evolution that Stephen Adams can make and what what kind of game that he has, and I hope the Thunder keep using it. Uh, keep using him like this as kind of the third score, um, and on most nights when Paul George isn't shooting twelve percent, uh, they're going to kill teams. And so I think there's just a there's just a lot of, you know, up to this point, it's really felt like man, like they've got a lot to figure out. Like they're just not they are not getting it for whatever reason. Um, but now I think you can say like, oh, you know what, like they're starting to get it. Like, they're starting to figure out what will work with this group and how to play together. Uh, and there's just... I, I just feel more positive about this team at this point. And I know it's easier to do that after wins. Um, but even Billy felt that way last night. You know, yeah. he, he was way more positive last night in a three-point win against the you know San Antonio Spurs C team than he was <laughs> against the Warriors. I mean, after the yeah. game... You know, everybody was really pumped and we we're everybody was asking really positive questions and he said you know what like I still don't feel like we played a perfect we didn't play a perfect game there were still a lot of things I didn't like out there there's still and you know he he basically he didn't say this but he basically said like we hit a lot of shots tonight and you know yep. there's still a lot of things to clean up um, but last night he didn't say that he was really encouraged and I know I think if you're a Thunder fan you should feel in, encouraged as well. Yeah, and another thing
1: about Steven Adams, he is twenty-four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so from his first season, he always improved almost in every category. Uh, like he, he's really young for a center to be that dominant uh, in, in both on offense and defense. Because I mean, if you if you look at great centers like the Andre Jordan, the Andre Jordan in his uh, when he was twenty-four was not nearly the player that Steven Adams is today. Mm-hmm. Like. And he was playing with the best uh, point guard for a center to have. Russ is a great point guard, but CP3 is the best point guard for a, like a rim running center to have. Yep. And so, I mean, and you see the this season, which is like still a very good season by DeAndre. I mean, Stephen Adams is having at the, like before his prime. Why one of the best season that a young center can have. Mm-hmm. Um, like, at that age, for that type of, of, of center, I'm not saying that he's better than Towns or Porzingis or, or even uh, Boogie Cowson. Those right. are different players. But, but Steven Adams is doing some things. And he's probably the third best player, if not the second best player, on some nights of the team. And when is when is that? I think that uh, OKC okay, so can have really uh, a different outlook out there. And to your point about Golden State, uh, I think that in that in that game, most of those of, of the good stuff came from Melo being really hot, yeah. and so yes, that actually um, saved a lot for OKC because he he put Draymond Green in trouble, uh, he hit a lot of crazy shots uh, off the catch, and so yes, uh, it was ha- nice to have that game by Melo because in in play- coming playoffs time you need to have games like that, yeah, uh, because you're not beating golden state just by ball movements that that is not the case i mean uh, golden state didn't beat okc by ball movement right. uh, in game, in game 6 they they beat us just because klay thompson went off mm-hmm. like uh, we, for like the craziest game ever so you need both and bill is right to have uh, these kind of things uh, like to to force them to to, to play uh, to go uh, to these rushes, uh, rough stretches, rough stretches like we are we are seeing now, mm-hmm. because it would be much easier to let them play at their best skills and probably tinker that a bit just to to make them look better, just uh, as they did in the first part of the season, where basically the offense was let's take a bunch of jumpers and, uh, and hope they go in. I think that this this will pay off. Um, it's hard. But this will pay off. And last thing before I forgot, uh, I think that the th- about the third uh, quarter was about uh, for us. I think that Billy knows and I really loved him called timeout as soon as he saw that mm-hmm. too bad that like the, the next possession of us did the same thing the right. exact same thing so, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a work in progress but at least the coaching staff is very aware of what's going on um, yeah. so they are smart probably way smarter than us and, but still it, it is good to see uh, that the thing that we actually discuss sometimes uh, are corrected by the coaching staff
0: yeah I, I think that Billy has done a really good job the past <coughs> couple games and people, everybody's calling for his head. Like, like, can we just give it a rest for, for a little while? I don't yeah. know. The, the winds help, you know. The winds quiet down the fire, Billy Donovan crowd. Um, but I just, I don't know. Let's. I, I would love it if we would just stop all of that. Um, a couple of interesting things. I mean, Alex Sabrina's played again last night, and is I don't know if he's back in the rotation. I don't even know what to call it, but he definitely played last night um and on the season the on off numbers are are pretty interesting with him the offense when he's in is at a 109 um when he's off the court at a 99.9 so just a massive differential i think it's the it's the best on the team um Mm -hmm. on the offensive end and then defense uh when he's on the court 100.9 when he's off the court it's a 100 and so he has a really great um, net rating differential for the team at an 8.4 which which i think is awesome so i i think that he needs to play a little bit more uh, and, and also to that point like i've given andre a really hard time and you get and you you know mentioned it that he's been playing he played well last night he's been playing well lately i feel like they're putting him in positions to be successful on the offensive end uh you know his his defensive numbers are just staggering when he's on the court when andre robertson's on the court the thunder are a 94.9 defensive yep. rating which is insane and then off the court a 106.3 uh, but then on the offensive end it's like near it's like a flip-flop on the court ninety-nine, off the court one oh six. And so like there's like your Andre Robertson conundrum like in a nutshell. But when it comes down to it, he's still a positive when he's on the court. Uh, so I-, I feel like Alex needs more time. Maybe he shouldn't replace Dre. Uh but I just I just want to see in last night should have been an opportunity for that. Uh, But for whatever reason, it's not. And maybe, you know, Alex is just going to be a you know 15 minute a night guy if he is in the rotation. But I'd just like to see him get an extended look. Like, give him 25 minutes. Let's see what the offense can do with a guy that can really shoot it. And he, he, he got a three to fall last night, which I thought was good for obviously for the team, which you know made the difference in a three point game. But also just for him, Um, I feel like he needs to see that ball go in a little bit. but I, I I don't know I'm I'm gonna be a, a Brina stand probably <laughs> my old the whole time that he's on the Thunder but I think that he he just deserves a, another look just because we talked about the true shooting percentage and the way this team has been playing uh, he is a kind of a key to unlock some of that um, and this team not be a bottom of the barrel team when it comes to shooting like he's he's a key to unlocking that and he needs to get into a rhythm. Uh, If the Thunder are going to be better. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Alex needs to replace
1: uh, Robertson necessarily. That is the easiest thing to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But as we saw last night, I mean, the first subbing for Alex was for Paul George. Uh, basically, George went off, and I think uh, Brines went in with Robertson on the floor, which makes sense if you want to keep your offense uh, high at a high level. Um, when George comes, goes to the bench because of his the regular uh, substitution pattern, and also you can think to have. Uh, Abrinas out there with Robertson when you go small which is what the Thunder did uh, for the past couple of games and so I mean the minutes are there I mean in coming playoffs time they will be like an eight night man rotation and if you saw the minutes of last night you can easily see that probably Eustace will not be in their rotation uh, either one of the two so the games where Abrinas is in I think 20 minutes are there for him to play um, so yeah I mean Yesterday, there were moments where Alex had issues in the post because, I mean, physically he's still not there. I mean, if you take like a random Kyle Anderson guy, he, he will score on him if he can get deep in the post. Yeah. But for the other part of the defense, I think his rotation were on point. He, he was a wave um, of non-shooters. Uh, When he was guarding them, he was on to shooter without leaving them space uh, to really do anything. So I think that his team defense is what really shows in the the ratings because he's an okay team defender. And if he can give you like two or three three three-pointers per game, um, and it's not been the case uh, so far, I think his value on offense really exceeds, exceeds the, the value that he, the, the downgrade that you have on defense. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't have to, to choose between Robertson and, and and Abrinas. You can have Abrinas with either Robertson or George, and so your defense will suffer a bit. Yes, maybe. You don't have the lockdown defender, true, but probably you can play with him. Uh, I mean, every team, even good teams, have like bad defenders, like Lou Williams was a really bad defender, Eric Gordon is not a good defender, Uh, Ryan Anderson it's even worse because he's a big man so you can survive with a non-defender if the other guys uh, are playing good defense and especially if you have a good system as the one that you have now so uh, to me again yesterday was a good time to give Abrinas some room especially late in the the third where nothing was working and you can see it, you can feel it as soon as he's on the floor the, the offense has more space. It doesn't mean that every shot will go in if it's there, uh, but the, the the line is not as clogged as when Roberson is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are more options for the passer. There are more options for Melo. It's not a case, it, it's not coincidence that Melo actually did an extra pass to Abrinas because right. he sees him shooting every day in in, in practice. He knows that this, that shot will go in eventually. He didn't yesterday uh, at a good rate. But still, Abrinas took five shots and made five points. It, it's not that bad, especially with, since he's a low-usage guy.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, a couple of interesting stats before we move on to previewing a couple of these games. Uh, Patrick Patterson just hadn't been any good <laughs> this season, no Michele. No. His net rating differential on and off the court. Uh, he's a minus 10.4 Like when he's in the game the Thunder are not doing well and Ray Felton has trended that way too, he's a minus 8 and because of those two Paul George is a minus 3.8 on the season uh, because Mm -hmm. he plays with those guys a ton Uh, Terrence Ferguson um, who's played, I think he's played 89 minutes he's a minus 29.8 in those minutes uh, and then i just have to say this Kyle Singler in 2 minutes is a minus 87.6 so <laughs> um, he, he has he has a great pr though he does have a great pr that's true okay um but you yeah, have to the, say that these bench guys have to they have to find a mix like patrick patterson like maybe he's not good anymore but i just think he's got to be better than this Like, he didn't have to be Patrick Patterson, you know, of last season and the season before with the Raptors. Um, But man, like, I just don't think that he's going to be this all season Uh, because what he, I mean, he's been basically, he's either a negative or non-factor for the most part when he's out there, Uh, which has really been discouraging uh, because he was supposed to be the guy that can come in and be your fifth guy at times and be kind of a super sub that you know can switch on defense hit threes you know do all the dirty work and you know that's the kind of player the thunder need right now really badly on the second unit is a guy that's going to you know step in and hustle and grab rebounds and i don't know that he's not a great rebounder um but just a guy that's going to hustle and do the right things and patterson has been either hurtful or invisible for most of the season and I just feel like that's another thing, like with the shooting and stuff like that, that is going to start to turn around and you know go into the Thunder's favor a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was
1: looking at something because I I I saw in the last few games that when Adams is on the floor, actually, Patterson is much better, much much better. Mm -hmm. The sample size is like so low that it it probably it's not even worth mentioning right. but without Adams um, Patterson is minus uh, 7.9 yeah. with Adams on the court it's like 40 minutes so it's really nothing yeah but it's plus plus 15 huh so uh, it came mostly in the last game against Golden State against Minnesota and probably a few minutes yesterday um, but I noticed that as soon as Patterson can guard the four, uh, be just a spot up shooter and not being as involved in screening situations as as it is as he is when Grant is on the floor because Grant is not any good in screening situations. Um, just like off ball screening, I'm I'm saying because on ball with Felton he has some sort of chemistry. But anyway, uh, back to Paterson. I think that. He's he has been played like uh, outside of his comfort zone. He's not comfort. Um, he's not okay playing the five on uh, on on defense. And with Grant, I think the fit is not good. Um, so um, he was taken to be the starter next to Steven Adams, and I think that would be the best role for him um, because he's a very good spacer. Uh, if you play Steven Adams with the second unit more and if you play Patterson with uh, Steven Adams more in the second unit which I think makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. uh, I think we will see Patterson numbers increasing quite soon and then you can have uh, you can have Grant as your backup five just for maybe different stretches of the game. So as soon as Steven Adams comes in, you, you put in uh, Patterson and you have these five to six to seven minutes of Grant doing a lot of energy thing with a small lineup like like they did uh, with Russ yesterday. I think that that is a good idea. And um, maybe it's just that Patterson really struggles with when he has to to deal with land and, uh, on defense.
0: Yeah, no, I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, let's move on. Let's uh, let's talk about a few of uh, these matchups this week. They put the Utah Jazz on Tuesday night at home. The Jazz are twelve and eleven. They have a ton of injuries. Rudy Gobert is out. Um, Dante Exum's out for the season. Uh, Rodney Hood has missed the last three games due to soreness in his left ankle uh, Joe Johnson's, um, had some tendon instability and has been out, um, how Neto has been out. Like they've missed, they're missing a lot of guys, but they're on a five game win streak right now. They have played some bad teams. You know, you know the, yeah. pe- the Pelicans is a quality win, but they played the Clippers and they played Denver without Jokic and they played, um, you know, Chicago, but they have beat Milwaukee and they did beat the Pelicans, which are two quality wins. Uh this is an interesting team they're very disciplined they move the ball well uh they got rookie donovan mitchell who was one of our guys if you listen to us during uh draft time like donovan mitchell was one of our guys and he's been really really good for them he's averaging 16 points per game so far this season which is kind of insane for a rookie picked where he was so um he he's been really good but uh you know and Derek favors has has looked a lot better as well this season than he did last so uh a still a tough game for the thunder as we know the thunder can lose any game <laughs> that they play so uh, there's no gimmies with this team um at least for now uh this this jazz team is pretty interesting. They're six in defense, fifteen in offense. Like they're like they're a pretty good team, and when they get all their guys, like they're gonna be a solid. They're gonna be a solid team. But um, what are, what are your thoughts on the that matchup coming up? So um,
1: I think that with favors playing his natural role, which is a five and not the four yeah. um, alongside. Rudy Gobert, um, like Utah has a very good backup plan <laughs> because I mean mm-hmm. uh, Gobert is great on the defensive end. We all know, but he has offensive limitation um, favors if he if he plays like that. If he plays like uh, like he did in the last few uh, week weeks, uh, I think he he can be an okay defender, okay to above average defender. And man on offense is a totally different thing. And yeah. um, you pair that with a great. Uh, rookie campaign so far uh, for donovan mitchell which will probably he will put uh, in danger the simon thing because the uh, everyone assumed that the the award will go to simon's mitchell is playing very good basketball uh, at the beginning of the season he w- he, w- he was taking shots uh, like the right shots they were just not going in as, as as much as as they do now and so i mean the last few games he's is doing like some crazy things. Uh, he's a tough guy. Um, this will be actually a very interesting matchup for OKC because they they will have um, Robertson guarding Mitchell. So if Robertson can be the like the defensive player of the year candidate that we all know he can be, I think this will be a very interesting matchup because then if you stop Mitchell uh, and, and Russ doesn't completely forget about Rubio, uh, I think that the, the, of, of OKC can match up really well with Utah. Even if the, the first game was kind of weird between them, between those uh, these two teams, I think that, that now that the defense is set for OKC, uh, this will be a very interesting matchup because Utah is a good uh, offensive team, but not a great one. And so playing at home after these two wins, I think that, this will be a game where we know that if the step forward uh, were real, or or just again some uh, something that is not um, set um, up to this point.
0: Yeah, and to uh, to we talked about how bad the Thunder are from the corners, and really just from three in general this season. In a complete contrast, the <laughs> the Jazz have eight guys that are shooting forty percent or better from the corners. Rodney Hood, yeah. Rubio, Alec Burks, Royce O'Neal, who I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell is 50% from the corners. Tabas Afalosha, 52%. Joe Engel is 57% from the corners. And uh, Jonas Jerebko is 65% from the corners this season. Like They've got some guys that are just making shots. And the, and the thing that the Jazz do, and they often play kind of deep into the shot clock because they're <laughs> hunting for the best shots. Is that they just pass the ball a ton. Like they just move it, move it, move it. And when you have a team that doesn't have a go to guy, uh, you have to do that. And they do it very, very well. Quinn Snyder has this team playing really good basketball. And, you know, so I think that sometimes people confuse this that, you know, the Thunder need to play that way. No, like the Thunder don't need to play that way because they have guys. That can create, you know, really good stuff um, on the drive, like Russ, and you know, you can get a good shot, you know, a lot easier than this team does. Like the Thunder, don't need to play like them, but um, maybe the second units do. Like maybe, maybe they need to hunt shots like that um, when they don't have as many good players on the court. But um, I think that sometimes people like to push this style of basketball as like the only style that people should play. Um, but the Thunder just need to continue to play like they have been when they have more player movement, a little bit more ball movement and they can have an efficient offense. Um, Anyways, that was kind of a side note, but the, the jazz are, the jazz are going to be a test. Like it doesn't matter. They're kind of similar to the Spurs and it doesn't really matter who's out there because they are going to, whoever's out there is going to play defense and they're going to move the ball and they're going to find good shots and they're going to make you play defense And if, you know, these guys are hot like they have been from the corners this season, the Thunder could be in trouble. Um, But if the Thunder can buckle down and take good shots, find good shots, play good defense like they're capable of, then this, you know, this should be a game that's done in three quarters. But, um, you know, with the Thunder, there are there are no gimmies. There are no guarantees um, with this squad. So uh, Thursday, the Thunder hop on a plane and they're going to Mexico City play uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, It's it's kind of an interesting matchup. The Nets are another team. They're kind of similar to what the Jazz are right now in that they really move the ball well. Uh, This team has played well together. Um, They've got some guys that can get hot from three. They don't have a go-to guy right now with D'Angelo Russell out um, and Jeremy Lin out for the season. Um but they're interesting like they've got you know damari carroll and alan crab who are both played really well spencer denwitty has been great for them i uh, love him you guys but but that yeah. he was one of my draft crashes that never made
1: it uh in the first few years yeah
0: year. and and part of that was um he i think his junior year like he acl or something like that yeah. right where he had a lost season and then came back and really wasn't all there and kind of bounced around. And what's funny is that Chicago did have him for a short time yeah. and let him go in favor of keeping all these other dudes. Um, but yeah, he's good. And uh, Trevor Booker has like been a really valuable player for them this season. Uh, you know, A guy like Karis LeVert, who's got a ton of potential. Um, they've just got a bunch of guys. Like they don't have anybody that is a go-to guy. You know, Ronda House Jefferson is probably one of their highest, you know, most coveted like draft picks they've ever had. But like they don't really have any of those guys because they gave them all to Boston. But they've they've got like some guys with potential. Some guys who would be good like fifth to tenth men on like a great team. Um, but they've got them playing together you know, really, really well. Kenny Atkinson's been been really, really good for them. But like when you look at their numbers, like they're seventeenth in offense and twenty thirty in defense, like this is yeah. this is yeah. not a good team. You know, they're eight and fourteen. Like this should be a, a team that the Thunder stomp on. Um but again the Thunders seem seem to struggle, you know, against bad teams. They seem to play to the level of their opponent and this nets team they play with heart they play hard they're going to they got some guys that can shoot it um and if the thunder don't you know come and play to to their potential like this could be a, a game where they're getting to some danger a little bit yeah um one thing that actually is
1: different from between Utah and as you said and um, and Brooklyn is that one is a competent defensive team the other one is a mess defensively right. uh, as a now. not not because of schemes probably but because of personnel i mean demar Carroll is a good defender but he's, he has lost lost at least a step uh, i mean uh, their big rotation is a is tragic because Jared Allen will be good, but he's not good uh, right now. Mozgov is Moscow, so I mean he was one of the worst contracts in the league, uh, and is playing after to that uh, as of now. Uh, they they have a really nice uh, guard rotation between, as you said, Dinwiddie, Lavert, uh, even um, the sharpshooter from Virginia, Joe Harris. They have Crab, so they have a bunch of guys guys that can eat a shot. So. That the perimeter defense will be a key against Brooklyn. Because if you let them shoot, they will stay in the game. Uh, because they, they can be... Re- I mean, Joe Harris is not a good defender by, by any stretches right. of imagination, but he's a lights-out shooter. Mm-hmm. So he will let it fly as soon as he has space. Mm-hmm. And, the, like, this is true for basically every player in their starting five, except Moscow, They will shoot every time they can. So if you can do well in, in terms of uh, perimeter difference, especially early in the game, because this team you don't want to have them hot early. Uh, you don't have to. You don't want to to give Tim Weedy or some like random guy space uh, at the beginning of the game, because otherwise you, you can go into a helpful pattern game like the one you had uh, in Orlando. So I'm specifically talking about uh, talking about Russ now. Uh, he, he tends to be lazy against non- non-star players when they when they shoot threes, and so this team can has like a lot of okay shooters that he like Dean is a 39% shooter uh DiMari is 37 um Levert is well is shooting bad but he's still a good shooter Joe Harris is 40% so they have a lot of shooters and if you if you guard them like you don't have to harass them. You just have to play competent defense. You just have to do your switch and stay close to your uh, to, to your man, um, mm-hmm. not like roaming close to the basket. And another thing, they they really play a good uh, a good offensive basketball. They don't have the personnel, uh, so good offensive teams like this person yesterday. Uh, I mean, they will put you into trouble if you let them play their game. And so I think that. This game, more, more so than the Utah game, will be uh, a test for the defense uh, commitment for the for like the, the, the full game. Because we all know that they, they will probably start uh, with a good effort, as they almost always do. Uh, but then, against this team, you need consistency. You need to show them that no matter how many trees they, they, they hunt, they will not get the best one. Like, yeah. almost uh, all the time. And, and OKC has shown with, with their length I mean with with Steven with with, with George to, to to be great in in that uh, for strategists but also to to forget completely about shooter like yesterday uh, Danny Green Paddy means get open looks in the first that is something that you don't want to do against like good 3 point shooting team I, I know it's 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 easy i mean i'm not saying something uh, very smart or or important or or difficult here but it, it has been the case for OKC they they are somehow careless uh, with with with, uh, with their um Focus and effort uh, early in the game, uh, especially guarding gar-
0: threes. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, this is this is a team that can kind of bury you with threes, and that's probably I've gotten to their their eight wins. But they, like you said, they're they're a mess defensively. Um, they're going to play hard, but for the most part, this is not a, this is not a quality team. And so, as as we know, the Thunder make teams that aren't very quality look pretty good on certain nights, but. Uh, this would be a good time to really kind of put you know put the hammer down and and beat this team. Uh, the Thunder. Yeah, one, other thing, oh yeah, go one other thing.
1: This can be the first uh, thirty points game for Stephen Adams. If you look, at yeah. like, almost every center. I mean, Jokic dropped forty-one. Vuc dropped 41, uh, Nurkic dropped more than 20, Brook Lopez dropped 34. Um, let's see some other top scoring bigs. Well, th- this is enough, I think. I mean, Steven Adams has a chance to be damn there, like super effective uh, yeah. against Brooklyn, and if they can like get him touches, uh, I think against this team i mean they they have no no rim defender so he he can completely destroy them
0: yeah that's a great point is that they i mean brooke lopez had been a staple for them for years um and is a fine defender around the rim like he's not a good defender by any stretch but he's he's fine and he would have kept adams you know from doing that but now you're right they don't have anybody down there and so you yeah, would like to see them just go to Adams consistently when he's out there and, and get him that 30 spot because I think that he can get it. I, I he's, yeah. he's shown some great ability over these past couple games. Saturday night, this will be our last game of the week. Uh, Saturday night, they played the Memphis Grizzlies, who have been a complete dumpster fire uh, for a while now. The last game that they won was um, November 7th. Um, wow they've, It's almost been a month since they've won a game uh, They recently had a hard-fought game against Cleveland on the second night of a back-to-back um, But they have lost uh, a lot of games And they've unfortunately had a home-and-home with San Antonio They lost to this Brooklyn team that we just talked about by 10 um, You know, this This is a team that's really struggling and some of it is definitely due to injuries. You have a guy like Mike Conley out, and then when they have basically no guard depth, uh, they're kind of screwed. Chandler Parsons, who had actually been playing okay this season, is out now. Uh, he's battling um, some knee soreness. Uh, Wayne Selden and Brandon Wright are out as well. Um, but this is a this is not a very good team, and so the Thunder like get three cracks at teams that you know Utah is playing well right now. But the Thunder just should be able to kind of. I hope here's what I hope. For these three teams, I hope that the Thunder just don't out talent these teams. Because I felt like some of their wins to begin the season, they were just out talenting teams. Which is, yes. which is something this team will do. Um but I would like to see them out execute a team, even a even a bad team. Um I just <laughs> feel like that, that hadn't happened a whole lot. Um and so I'd like to see them, you know, have good execution, good ball movement, really trust each other. Um and just stomp these teams rather than just like eking out like a five point win against you know Memphis or these teams like that. And um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see them execute well and and use their talent you know leverage their talent to get good shots. So that's what I would like to see this week. But Memphis is clearly just kind of a mess right now. You know, Marcus all, You know is basically their only the only good player. Tyreek Evans has had yeah. <laughs> quite a season so far.
1: Yeah, it has been good. Um he was at some point uh, probably one of the most uh, up front, like a front runner for the um, Sixth Man of the Year award, but then it's Tyreek. So the, the shooting has uh, is, is been like erratic the the last few few games. I mean, he had a very good game as, against Cleveland uh, with 31 points, but then the the game before it was so bad against San Antonio. So uh, I mean, probably him and Marcus all are the only player uh, players with ability to create their own shots and uh, their own shot and to 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 put the defense in some sort of trouble um, like thinking back about my preview uh, i I feel so bad because i I, re- I was really hopeful that the, the Grizzlies can have the f- a good healthy season for them yeah. uh, they, they, they can't i mean you have seen from like the first seven games where like they were a good team. Great. Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. They, they beat
0: houston <laughs> yeah. they beat the pelicans yeah, yeah. they beat gold state um yeah they had some they mike beat, Memphis. They beat yeah. houston twice i mean like they were that's a, i mean they were a good team and then mike conley goes out and like everything dies and they fire their coach and now it feels like they're headed toward the lottery
1: yeah that's that's so unfortunate i mean uh, mike conley's a like he can lift a lot he's probably one of the the best, like uh, floor general in terms of in terms of pointer that 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 the league has. He yeah. he he knows. But uh, still, I mean, uh, next week they he he will he will not be like this week he will not be here. And so I mean, uh, this is a game much like the one that we just have against uh, against the uh, San Antonio, where they will probably play hard for 40 minutes even with no talent mm-hmm. and Marcus will want to prove that uh, Day was was like the, the Day fire was was the right move to do and he will probably play this week at, at his best so mm. that game is dangerous it's very dangerous because you don't want to uh, to let those teams uh, get up uh, early um and you really want to, uh, take away all their confidence. And, and again, uh, it's, it's bad to repeat, but against Marcus, all Sivinans uh, will have to, to do a lot of, a lot of work because he can, yeah. uh, Mark, Mark can be, uh, like an offen like a, um, a nightmare uh to guard because he can search the floor uh they will probably run a lot of stuff in the meat post with him he can he's probably the best passer uh, as a big uh, as of now uh so he he will be very very tough to guard uh, and and M- Memphis has okay shooters uh, so uh, again mm, Guarding Guarding uh, all will be a key, not just because of his uh, offensive production, but with what he can generate uh, from post touches. And so, I mean, OKC has a as a week where if they play with consistency, if they do the stuff that we've seen, so they they change the side of the floor, they use Robertson as a cutter, they use Robertson against the best uh, offensive player on the other team, because. That is something that, for example, against Orlando they didn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it, it is the key to take the most advantage you can uh, of Robertson. Because if you right. if you let them guard like a Brim Forbes, uh, it's okay, but it's not the best thing to do. And so I, I think this week is uh, it's really important to see if they... As you said, if they can execute for forty minutes, for forty-five minutes, uh, try to to, to, to take a, a very big lead in the third, so that the stars can rest, and and so that you can you can have like more um, more tries to bench units and more space to Abrenias, maybe some sort of rhythm um, for the bench guys. So it's very important that uh, now okay, okay see, um now that they trust what their coach is saying a bit more to 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 have like a, a hot week, uh, shooting wise, so that yeah. they can cement what they do and say and see. Well, if we shoot well and if we play like that, we are
0: much much better than just when we are hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, this is what the Thunder have maybe as an advantage that night is that the Grizzlies are on a second night of a back to back, and they play Toronto the night before, and which is a hard matchup. Toronto is really good. The Thunder get Toronto yeah. this month. after Christmas and that's I mean that's a tough game the Toronto Raptors have been really good but they could be heading into 15 straight losses if they lose against Minnesota and then they play the Knicks who have been scrappy and then they play Toronto and then they get the Thunder I mean, they could be looking at 15 straight losses, um, which sometimes is a little bit scary as a, as a you know yeah. playing playing a team that has lost so much that like eventually like the the Grizzlies are going to win a game, and they may do it against yeah. you know the Knicks, which I think is is very possible um, with uh, Chris Stapps out. But I just think. Conjulies team is gonna win and the Thunder have been really good at letting <laughs> the teams like you know, the Orlando's and teams like that, you know, yeah. get get back on track um and using them to do that. So but anyways, the the Thunder, like you said, like they just they've got all the pieces there. They're starting to show some some positive signs that they're figuring out how to play together. And now they the shots need to fall. They need to hit their free throws. The shots need to fall. Oh, yeah um and they need to you know clean up a few of their messes this team doesn't have to be perfect i think that sometimes we watch the team so closely and we want them to be perfect you know like we we see the personnel they have we see what they've got We want them to be perfect this team doesn't have to be perfect to win um they just need to shoot they just need to get into a rhythm with shooting and they need to you know make sure that they're giving effort on defense for the full 48 minutes and then they'll. I feel like they're about to, you know, come into their own is what it feels like to me watching them the past couple games. And, you know, this team can regress um, in a heartbeat or they could, you know, progress to the team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Um, But either way, it's going to be really interesting uh, to follow this team. And hopefully they can pull out, you know, three victories. We can talk about a five-game win streak next Monday. Um, Yeah. Th- that would
1: be that would be good
0: yeah. <laughs> to have, like a, <laughs>
1: like a week where a week where we say, okay, well, this was a good week from top to bottom.
0: Yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't had that. We had to talk had, about that yeah. stupid Orlando game. <laughs> 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 that was So bad. But um, Kelly, anything else that uh, that we haven't covered? We oh, we went a long time. I didn't realize how long we've been going. That's good though. Yeah. Yeah,
1: um I think we covered a lot. Uh again, uh let's hope to see like a great Stephen Adams weeks because I'm weak because I'm so pumped when Stephen plays like that. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. The Thunder if if they do go on that 5 game win streak, they have a, a chance to uh put their heads above 500 for the first time in a long time. Um so it'd be it'd be good for them to get that and then they can go into you know the next week they get Charlotte, Indiana, Philly, New York. All winnable games some tough matchups in there, some tough teams in there, but all very winnable games. Like they're heading into that next week where they can really start to gain some confidence, you know? And then they, after that, Denver, Utah, Atlanta, Utah, like they basically just have, you know, 11 games here that are all very winnable before they play Houston. And, Mm You know, some some time to build some confidence and some continuity. They're, I don't think they're going to win all eleven of those games, but they need they should win you know seven or eight of them, and I think that yeah. that is you know a a you know a step in the right direction for this team. For sure, uh, McKellie. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra and follow your project at Chart Underscore Side. Uh, you really should be following him. He's putting out some really good stuff during games and after games. Some really good thoughts. So if you want some smart thoughts on Thunder games, please follow him on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Please leave us a five star iTunes review if you're listening to us and you listen through uh, the podcast app, the Apple Podcast app on your phone. It's pretty easy to leave a review. You just search for us, just search Down to Dunk, and you can find us. Just leave us a five star iTunes review. That means a lot to us. Uh, That helps us out a lot, um, and the rankings and things like that. Uh, Hope you guys have a great Monday, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.